Tonight is a night that I look forward to all year long, not only because we get to gather with Antioch and Temple Bethel all together, but also because we get the opportunity here at Temple to hear from Pastor Kemp. For those of you who have been with us before, you know that he is not only a gracious and gentle person, but a gifted and passionate speaker, a talented musician, and also an accomplished pulmonologist. He has a long and significant career as a medical doctor in the US Army, but this year, especially in time of medical crisis, he has stepped up even higher and played a vital role in the San Antonio response to COVID-19. Reverend Kemp has served Antioch as its pastor since 2009 and has been involved at the church for many more years, having been ordained as a deacon in 1990. He was ordained into the gospel ministry in 1991 under the late Pastor J.J. Rector Sr. and has been an important presence in that community, along with his family, his wife Velma of over 30 years, his children, Reverend Jessica Kemp and Joelle Kemp Clay. And so their community is our community. Their family over these years has become our family. It is such a gift to be in community, in beloved community with Antioch and such a pleasure to have my friend, Dr. Reverend Pastor, Pastor Kenneth Kemp here this evening to share with us his message. Let me first say uh, thank you to um, Rabbi Nathan uh, for allowing me to share with you again tonight. Uh, I'm thankful to God for sparing us to be in this position to share. Uh, certainly um, our hearts and prayers go out to the many people who are affected by COVID-19 and worshiping in this uh, beautiful temple tonight um, accentuates um, the longing that we have to be together. Nevertheless, we uh, are taking advantage of these electronic devices that we have, and we're able to come together virtually. And how thankful, thankful I am for that. Uh, I would like for you to notice for just a moment, uh, Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter, and the 14th verse which says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. From this passage of scripture and the Holy Writ, I wanna talk with you for a brief moment about driving out the darkness of hate with the light of love. Tonight, we come together to share again in this most unique of interfaith gatherings in San Antonio around the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. This exchange between Temple Bethel and Antioch, between my friends at the temple and my friends at the church has become one of the highlights of my year. I'm so grateful to Rabbi Nathan, Rabbi Jurgen, Cantor Berlin, Rabbi Stahl, 
and the wonderful people of Temple Bethel for receiving me so warmly and allowing me to come and speak with you again uh, on this occasion when we celebrate uh, the tremendous contributions of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Certainly we thank God for him who taught us by example how to love. In addition to this, I am so thankful that what we have fostered between our two faith communities is something that is extended beyond just this weekend. In January of 2020 at Antioch, Rabbi Nathan suggested that we come together in other venues throughout the year. Well, COVID-19 messed that up. However, we still managed to, to get together and talk about voter turnout, voter registration. Rabbi Jurgen and Reverend Mignon Jones Spann made certain of that. Rabbi Nathan was still able to share with us and discussing issues of the racial divide in a stay woke seminar we did with the Center for Medical Humanities and Ethics of UT Health. We continue to collaborate through Interfaith San Antonio Alliance. I even barged in on one of your jazz nights and uh, we were able to enjoy the company of one another in a relaxed virtual environment. We've come to know one another, to respect one another, and yes, to love one another. Now, the light of our mutual respect and love contrasts sharply with what we have seen in the darkness of current events. We have all watched with some shock, horror, and disbelief as the Capitol building of our nation was ransacked, pillaged, and desecrated by an angry mob on January 6, 2021. They entered the building by force, amidst ill-prepared security, occupied the offices of members of Congress, including that of the Speaker of the House, and they sat in the chair of the Vice President. They walked off with furniture, fixtures, and equipment of that great hall. And in the aftermath, at least six people have died, including two police officers. While this could never be tolerable, it might have at least been more understandable if this horrific event had been at the hands of a foreign army from a country outside of our nation. However, what made it even more detestable was the fact that it was perpetrated by citizens of the United States. It was perpetrated by citizens of the United States at the behest of the sitting president of the United States. The hallowed halls of the Capitol building 
had not been so desecrated with such an ignoble event in such an ignoble fashion since the War of 1812. And it all happened because of a palpable movement of hate and a wave of mob violence emanating from the anger of a small group that could not get its way, spewing racial epithets, anti-Semitism, and waving the Confederate Jack, this crowd ushered in a darkness that shadowed over the seat of government of these United States. Well, 2021 has started off rough. And 2020 has been rough. The COVID-19 global pandemic has resulted in over 23 million cases and over 380,000 deaths in the United States alone. Mr. George Floyd was killed when a white police officer placed his knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Ms. Breonna Taylor was killed when police officers burst into her apartment without knocking allegedly and shot her to death in her own home. That's just to name a few of those tragic events. Unemployment is up, the economy is down, and all the while prejudice, racism, anti-Semitism, xenophobia, homophobia, misogyny, continue to lift their ugly heads. Amidst this chaos and confusion, sometimes it appears that the darkness has overcome light. Yet let me hasten to remind you that the darkness will never win. Dr. King was right when he quoted that saying which says the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. And I believe we can find some solace in this often quoted scripture of the Holy Writ in Second Chronicles that I read earlier. These were the words of God to King Solomon at the dedication of the first temple in Jerusalem. When the temple was completed, Solomon threw a grand feast, a big party, if you will, that lasted some seven days. They presented an offering, fire came down from heaven and consumed that offering and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. They sang songs and played upon instruments. Then on the eighth day, they had a solemn gathering, a solemn assembly to celebrate the dedication of the temple, after which Solomon sent the people away happy and full. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and told him, I have heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Then he told Solomon in essence, even in troubled times such as drought and pestilence, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. In these words and in the example of Dr. King, we find a paradigm for driving out darkness, the darkness of hate with the light of love. First, we must acknowledge that we are in a period of drought and pestilence, yet we remain the people of God. Now, you would have to be physically and spiritually blind not to see that we are in a period of drought and pestilence. You would have to be in a state of denial not to see that our democracy has been challenged, our freedoms have been threatened, our human dignity has been overlooked, and our bright light in the world has been dimmed and tarnished. Yet we are still God's children. God made us all. We are all under his authority. The light of his love still shines within us, even if it's just a glimmer. Dr. King reminded us that we are God's people and that we all have the capacity to love. In his most famous of speeches, Dr. King said he had a dream that one day all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing together in the words of that old Negro spiritual, we are free at last. This aspirational goal, this, this dream of dreams, this apogee of the beloved community is rooted and grounded in the fact that we are all God's people. That being said, we must now find the humility of human decency. God said to Solomon, if my people will humble themselves and pray, the humility of human decency is the opposite of hubris. It is antithetical to narcissism. It is anathema to avarice. The humility of human decency seeks not its own, nor does it have as its goal the conquest of others. The humility of human decency is to kneel before God and to say, bless us God, everyone. Now, I recognize that that may be problematic for the American way. It may be problematic for those who are always trying to get the upper hand. It may be an issue for those who are always trying to finish first, who, who will try to run over you on the highway and flip you the bird of salute when they can't get around you. It may be problematic for those who are always seeking to win no matter what. Yet Dr. King modeled this text in his life, 
and in his words, when he said to us that we must humble ourselves and love one another. He taught us about agape love. Agape, which is higher than romantic, family, friendly, or even self-love. He inspired us to manifest agape love, that, that love which is unconditional and respects human dignity. It is the kind of love that surely Jesus taught, a love by which we put ourselves second and our neighbors first. I know it sounds crazy, but it works. Listen, if you humble yourself and pray and seek God's face and then love your neighbor in the process, something life-changing will happen. Humility mixed with love will drive out hate. We must say this to our brothers and sisters seeking to perpetrate insurrection throughout the land. We must say this to those who choose the darkness of hate. They must know that there is a bright light of healing in God's love. God said to Solomon in essence, if you become a community of my people and engage in the humility of human decency and humble yourselves before me uh, in prayer and seek my face and yes, turn from your wicked ways, then will I hear from the lofty throne in heaven and I will forgive your sin and heal your land. The sentiments of this statement by God were echoed in the words of Dr. King when he said many years ago, returning violence for violence multiplies violence. Adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Dr. King said, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Listen, I still believe that the people of God have the capacity to love. I still believe that the darkness of hate cannot stand the light of love. So let us leave from this gathering, this virtual gathering with a resolve to love, to unite, to heal, and to rebuild. President-elect Biden on New Year's Eve tweeted that last year has been filled with pain and loss. Let us unite, heal, and rebuild in 2021. I still believe it's possible. I'm certain that God is able to heal this land. I'm certain 
I'm sure, I have no doubt, that we can rebuild that which others have attempted to tear down. So let us move forward ever, backwards never, assured of the words that were made famous by that old gospel singer who now rests with the Lord, James Creedon, who said, I don't feel no waste time. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Mm -hmm.